Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, where, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio, 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doin' Time show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. Today's show is a special commemoration honouring the death of TJ Hickey and it is a death in custody and a warning that there may be audio images on the show um, regarding Torres Strait Islander peoples and Aboriginal people that have died. And it's also a subscriber drive where we rely on listeners to subscribe to 3CR. Please subscribe to 3CR programs or specifically to the Doin' Time show. And basically you can subscribe online by going onto the website www.3cr.org.au or you can call um, 3CR on 94198377 and press 3, option 3, and you can subscribe that way as well. Sorry, I think it's 1, 1 actually. It'll give you instructions anyway. So it's $35 concession and $75 full. And it's really important to subscribe because we're um, a community-run radio station and we have a lot of unique independent media that is not played anywhere else. And in with the Do and Time show, specifically, we provide a safe environment for um, communities, vulnerable communities or people that have been deprived of a voice. And I'll be speaking to you about subscription throughout the show. Monday the 14th of February 2022 marks the 17th anniversary of the death in custody of TJ Hickey in Redfern. In 2004, the teenager died as a direct result of the actions of the Redfern police. On the 14th of February, 17 years ago, TJ Hickey was impaled on a fence near Redfern after being thrown from his bicycle. His family and their supporters have always maintained that TJ's death was the result of a police pursuit. It was no freak accident. As Ray Jackson, Indigenous warrior and supporter of the Hickey family, who has since passed on, constantly maintained during 3CR interviews and other sources. Redfern police continue to refuse to allow the installation of the commemorative plaque to be installed at the fence line, where TJ was impaled as a result of his bicycle being rammed by a police vehicle. The police want to see this as an accident. That will never happen. First up on the show, we will cross over to a rally organised by Istja Sydney in honour of TJ. We will speak with Raoul Bussey, who will tell us what's happening within the rally and talk a little bit about the campaign and talk also about um, some type of work where they're going to be wiping out 
that fence line or around there, it's it's some kind of gentrification that's going on. But mainly we'll be speaking about the campaign to um, have justice for TJ Hickey. We were originally going to have Gail. Raoul um, uh, was trying to organise Gail, um, TJ Hickey's mother, but she has been absolutely distraught and crying buckets of tears at the rally. She's been very, very emotional, so we weren't able to speak with her. But we did give a shout-out from the Do and Time show to Gail, and I will do it again. The, we pre-recorded this interview um, earlier on while the rally was happening, and we spoke to Raul at around 1 o'clock this afternoon. So we'll be speaking with him, as I said, about the ongoing campaign demanding justice for TJ. He would have been 32 if he had lived. After that, we'll speak with Professor Bronwyn Carlson, and she is from Macquarie University, She's a strong um, Indigenous woman and we'll be speaking with her about the campaign as well and and she will also honour TJ as well. And Bronwyn, Professor Bronwyn is from the Department of Indigenous Studies at Macquarie University. And then last but not least, we will hear a message of solidarity, of solidarity support from Cheryl Califas representing Istja Melbourne and we'll speak to her about that. So first up, we will be hearing an interview from Raul. And apologies to listeners, there were some technical difficulties given that it was quite chaotic at the rally. So listen very carefully to this one. And subscribe. And we're just about to cross over now to the rally in Sydney for the commemoration broadcast of TJ Hickey. And I wanted to speak to Raul, who has been doing some wonderful work organising the rally and doing lots of things. He's from Istra, Sydney. And Raul has also been involved with working with Indigenous activists and warrior who has since passed on. Hello, Raul. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity to talk about TJ. Thank you. It's so lovely to have you. Now, Raul, we were talking off air, weren't we, about Gail... Um, TJ's mother coming onto the program and you were telling me that she's very emotional. Can you talk about what's happening at the rally and discuss um, what's happened with Gail? No, the, the, the problem for, for, for Gail, the rally is normally, it's not, it's not a surprise. This is number 18, think about it. Okay, it's not a surprise. It's very uh, emotional in the rallies. Sometimes when it starts to speak, uh, it gets better. But sometimes when it's finished, maybe it's not, not very good. Also, they got all the kids around her. It's, it's really very demanding for her, you know? And that's why I think that's the reason. It's, it's, it's yeah. can't, can't talk, can't talk. And it's, I say, no, no, you talk. <laughs> okay, that's why. Okay, but it's, no, no, it's normal. We, we, we it consider normal. normal. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's very traumatic for Gail, isn't it? Can you talk about the um, TJ Hickey and the background to what's going on in the campaign and talk about the rally and the march? Yes. Uh, well, the campaign is... Um, it got a bit of a stop last year when the government, the liberal government in this, in this state, decided that uh, after we organised a petition with more than... Now 14,000 signatures, actual signatures, from uh, citizens, or not citizens, uh, residents in Israel, okay? Um, 
and they decided that they, we don't need an, they don't need another uh, inquest because uh, there were enough inquests of um, PJ Hickey. When everyone knows that they, they were two inquests and the two inquests were run for the same person, okay, means that it's not uh, impossible to, to see to know anything new. Anyway, the study was. Like that, and they offered to us going to the appeal tribunal of New South Wales that just to put a paper is about $1,000, which is totally prohibitive for organizations like us. So uh, we are uh, thinking in some other ways, but still it's not the lawyers can't find anything. We, we try... Uh, we, we make a, a sort of try about the um, occupation and safety thing because it was an, an, an action of the state, yeah. and the state should be responsible. But uh, the, the, the decision of the coroner decided it was an accident uh, stopped any other anything like that because the coroner perceived everyone. Yes. Okay, in, in the reason of the day. So not much to do in that way. We are we are um, start to uh, the area where the the incident was with TJ and second where the memorial of TJ is in the same area in the same place. Um, the, this uh, is part of a big area of the housing commission. There are approximately. Uh, more than two and a half thousand units in the uh, housing commission. Um, all of this area is surrounding a park that the government wants to make it a railway station under under cover or whatever underneath because it's a metro that is having is this building in Sydney. So the idea is to put down all the towers. But in between the, the first two towers they're going to put down is a TJ memorial. And we want to keep it as it is. Understand? If yeah. there's any changes, if there's any changes, we got the original plaque that the police never allowed to be uh, affixed to the memorial. That is the only change that we can So that's the situation at this point. So we, we want to get people to know that maybe in, in we, also you know the politics in this country are totally and absolutely in crisis at this point. We don't know when tomorrow the, the state government needs to do something incredibly important to save the elections. We can do. You maybe mean so police well. investigating police? Is that what you mean? No, 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 no. The government. Uh, what happened here uh, now is happened there. Yesterday were uh, by elections in in South Wales. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, and that yesterday announced the possibility of cut the tax for beer. And <laughs> what to do with anything? It's no, you're right. You're right, Raul. Yeah, they keep on thinking another thing. Understand? Exactly. Raul, I'm going to have to stop you there because we're running a little bit out of time. Now, I just wanted to ask you quickly. Yes, first yes, of all, yes, so you were mentioning the plaque, and that's a really good thing that you've mentioned because we do need to have a plaque. Um, and it is yes. about police investigating police, isn't it? Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening at the rally? What happened today? Um, what, what went on with, with the rally 
Well, uh, we knew the rally going to be a bit uh, small because it's a working day here, okay? Yeah. Um, many of us, we come in because we skip work, okay? And that's why sure. we'll be here. But um, there is also the problem that um, in New South Wales, a big problem with the, 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 the unemployment because the many places close, you know what I mean? And some people get a job and are going to risk it. Okay, that's why we knew the people they want to be, uh, they couldn't be. So we got about 250, maybe 300 people, and half of them were the family of DJ, <laughs> uh, because there's a lot of kids normally coming to our ranch, okay? And did the so police try to stop you from marching, Raul? No, 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 no. No, no, we have, a, we have for time, in the invasion day, we didn't have a big confrontation with the police to march. I don't know why. No, even okay. mentioned the, the the pandemic. Not, not, they were very, very simple with some uh, trying to, you know, trying to control things that we are not allowed to control anything. Okay, um, but uh, it's it's really, really uh, a bit. Of, it's a change. I don't know how long it's gonna last. But no, 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 we don't have a problem. The problem is too much. That's fantastic because no, no, no. there has been a little bit of a, a brutal history of. You know, the police oh, yeah. not allowing yeah. Ray Jackson that time they they took him to court just before he died, Ray Jackson's mister. Rule, thank you so much for coming onto the program and, and trying to organise Gail for us. I know she was really upset. Can you please send her our love from the Doing Time show? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I, I already mentioned to her that it's your, your show and everything, blah, blah. And, uh, yes, she knows, and I'm going to extend the, your your wishes and everything, okay? Yeah, and maybe we can we can get her on at some other time, you know, on another Monday when it's when it's not so highly charged. But um, thank you so much for, for Sydney Istia doing all the work. And um, you're obviously at the... Uh, are you at the fence line now, Raul? What? Are you at the fence line now where... Yeah, 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 I am, I am, I am. You're I'm standing right there that. where he died? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the fence. Yeah, yeah. You're looking yeah. at the fence I'm where he was impaled and where there was indeed a police pursuit, and uh, yeah. and and we need to actually have ongoing work happening, don't we, to for another inquest and an independent investigation. That's yeah, right, yeah, isn't it, yeah. Raul? Yeah, yeah. The question is find out what, which way. Understand? We we uh, um, what's the name? Um, Chile, you offer me some lawyers, but the lawyers, they, they don't have a, a way to go. They can not go. And yeah, that that's is right. The, the, yep. That we is the thing. It's not happening. In a sense, it's what happened with other people, other cases, like uh, uh, John Pat. Well, John Pat, not so much, but uh, Eddie... 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 Murray. Eddie Murray. That he, we, Eddie Murray. Even yeah. the... Even the, the, the colonial inquest find out the, 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 the was wrong and nothing happened, okay? And that's because it's no way to use the law, the, the system law, to get something in favor of Aboriginal people. It's easy. It's you are right. And, and in fact, what you're saying basically that it's all about, you know, there's been too many Aboriginal deaths in custody and in fact, Eddie Murray's family were the ones that spearheaded this camp, you know, all these campaigns. Yeah, they did try many things to And they couldn't go. Couldn't go, keep going. And that's, uh, and it's terrible for, for us. We're helping. 
So for that, they, then, they put too much uh, emotions, too much um, hope something's going to happen. I've been with a company with the, with the families of uh, the Dan guys, the church, and four of uh, the, the, what's it called, the woman, the woman there in... Miss Jude? No, no, Miss Jude is the woman in the WI. Yeah. Miss Ahuet, Miss Ahuet. Rebecca, Rebecca Ma. Rebecca Ma, that's it. Rebecca Ma, Rebecca Ma. And we wanted in those questions, and the family was so, so hopeful that something could come from there. And you know, I know, there's nothing is going to come. And I can't say that well, understand? I can't, I, I, I'm not the person to tell him, nah, I worry, no way for anything. Understand? If they can help, you have to go with them, you know? Absolutely. And, and that is the problem. That is the real problem. Because uh, also, that is also the real problem. People uh, they prom promise, now they, were, they promise the family to, the young guys, to go to the international, whatever it is, in, uh, in the UN, in New York, blah, 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 blah. But we saw the stuff from the DJ for there, nothing happened. That's, yeah, that's what you were talking about when Gail went to the UN? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they, no, they yeah, know the, right. the, the, case, the case went to the UN. Exactly. The, yeah. but, uh, the case went to, but now they want to send the case of David Dangai to the UN. And the mother oh, is do they? to... Yeah, yeah, it's a group of lawyers here. I don't know. David Johnson, okay. I, I, I think I, I, that's just, again, I, I can't get involved in something that I, I, I don't think is going to happen. I hope it does. I mean, yeah, I, I see you're well, talking about David also going to the UN as well. Well, we, you never know what can happen. I mean, sometimes we have yeah, um, but, uh, procedures is, that don't work, you know? Yeah, yeah, but uh, the question is, we don't have a case in Australia particular, even human rights. Never the human rights have been uh, taken to the other courts and so on. Never happen in the team. Absolutely. So what you're yeah. saying then, you know, we were just talking about Gail going to the UN and then David... No, 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 no. Gail is waiting for, waiting for us to fight something. Right? That is the story. Of course, of course. She got a very good job now with the grandkids. She got right. 11 grandkids. Okay, you got enough to get uh, get busy, and it's not a. They 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 want to remember the time. Okay, that's why it's very it's very important for her to have the rally, whatever right. size, whatever whatever happens. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the program. I know it's a little bit chaotic over there, isn't it? Um, but thank you so much for for speaking a few words about T.J. Hickey and your down okay, there. Okay, all right. Okay. Thank you. And I, I promise, I promise next time I'm going to get my phone, get my phone quicker. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's okay. No, because I, you know, you, you believe me. I, you believe me. I, I live with the phone. Yeah, But yeah. sometimes I, I ignore the phone because it's That's stupid. okay. <laughs> all right. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day. You'll be good call and enjoy okay, the day. Okay, all right. Okay. Anyway, thank, thank you so you, much. Thank you. Thank we'll you. Thank you. No problem. Bye-bye. Okay, Bye-bye. 
And you're back with 3CR doing time show. And just to recap, we were speaking with Raul Bassi, who is from Easter, Sydney. And I invited him onto the show because he's an old-time campaigner and actually did a lot of work for Uncle Ray Jackson when he was alive. And together, Raul and, and Ray and other Easter supporters... Uh, did some work together, not just for DJ, but all deaths in custody. And indeed, you know, deaths in custody have increased, you know, um, and I'm going to be speaking with Professor Bronwyn Carlson um, shortly from Macquarie University, as I said earlier, from the Indigenous Studies Department. And I'm going to speak to her generally about um, justice for TJ Hickey, Ray Jackson, and also perhaps a little bit about death skates. But before I do... Um, just wanted to recap with Raul. We spoke quite a lot about um, not just the campaign, but also towards the end, discussing a little bit about um, going to the UN, Gail going to the UN. And Raul was was actually is actually doubtful that David Dungar's case, uh, his death in custody, will go to the UN. He's I think he, he's a little bit disillusioned, and of course we can become disillusioned. But we also have to be very positive, and he is too. It's approximately 4.21. Ray Jackson, President of the Indigenous Social Justice Association in Sydney, also noted in a 3CR interview when he was alive, of course, although I'm sure he's with, with us still now, and a quote that the police force was founded not only on the theft of Aboriginal land, but also from the historic, brutal genocide of First Nations people. He says that things haven't changed so this February is the 17th anniversary of the death of TJ Hickey. The 17-year-old died in 2004 after being impaled on a fence during a chase by racist police. The Hickey family has been seeking justice for TJ ever since. This is despite New South Wales police doing everything they can to weaken and subdue them. The police want the family to rewrite history and accept that TJ's death was an accident. The family refuses and has been harassed and persecuted, with raids on their homes becoming almost routine. Payback for refusing to be silent about the police, racism and role in the death of the teenager, eventually led by family members being arrested under unfair and traumatic circumstances and slapped with over-the-top charges. Since then, that court case was resolved and after Bromwyn, I'll be speaking with Cheryl because I'm really trying to just get a flavour of some of the old-time campaigners. And also Bromwyn is, is a tireless campaigner as well, not just for TJ Hickey but for women's rights. Hello, Bromwyn. Welcome to the program and sorry for the wait. That's okay. Hi, Marissa. Thanks for having me on. It's lovely to have you. So let's continue our discussion. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you know, what you've um, observed about TJ Hickey campaign and the justice. Yeah, and I, I do remember um, when this actually occurred, um, well, 18 years ago now, and since then have followed um, the efforts from, um, you know, his family and community in terms of trying to seek justice, um, which has yet to be, to be realised. And it is just one more example of the trauma that Indigenous families are subjected to um, in a search for some form of answers and some form of justice, which, you know, many of us are really disillusioned about whether that the system that's in place across this continent now, this legal system, is actually capable of giving any kind of justice to Indigenous people. Yeah, it's... it's uh... It's quite sad, and 
not just sad but quite appalling in in the in the act as well that I'm not sure if you're aware but there are lots of inconsistencies in police statements and um, and the police lied on the stand and that happens a lot with deaths in custody, absolutely. doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, you've got one officer doing his to testify in case it incriminated himself, which is pretty glaringly a problem. And since then, that you know, that officer has been promoted and received awards. So they're actually revered for their actions against us. Um, and we, we see examples of this all the time. And the other person, you know, refused. Um, oh, the other person had given this sort of contradictory evidence, you know, claiming constantly to say, you know, I, I don't recall, I don't recall. But we all know that police officers are required to keep, you know, pretty comprehensive notes about circumstances in which they're involved. Yet when it comes to Indigenous people, there seems to be this forgetfulness. Um, I can't recall. It's all a blank. You know, it's just... Um, you know, when we think about how um, settler colonialism operates, it always has systems in place to cover its tracks. And we can see that in the way this op- you know, operates in, in the death in custody space and the killings of Indigenous people. There's always some way that the tracks are covered. Absolutely. And, and in fact, it's interesting that I'm not sure if, you're, if you've seen some of the... Um, the overviews that Ray Jackson has written, um, he's since passed on about the overview of, of the inquest. I mean, he mentions, and a lot of other sources mention that the bicycle was tampered with um, after that he died, TJ died, and just lots of other things that you know a lot of witnesses weren't approached, and that, oh, that they were sent a, sent away or intimidated. And you know, this is not this is not an uncommon story, and really that's how. Um, settler colonialism and the violence of institutions like the police operate. And um, Hannah McGlade's work is also really important in this space in talking about um, police interaction and violence against um, other Indigenous people, and particularly women in Western Australia. And you can see the same themes where Indigenous people are not believed, evidence, you know, is suddenly missing, people can't recall, and there's all this absences that is allowed but never allowed of us. Like, we have to, you know, explain ourselves in minute detail to the law, but evidence from the other side can be, um, you know, missing, absent at best, and um, it's allowed. And that's how colonialism operates, to cover its tracks, so that the settlers then are never held accountable for the death of us. Yeah, and interestingly, that, that's very true, Bronwyn. And, and interestingly, too, I'm not sure. I'll just um, update you about something, and I, I want to see what you think of this. The police actually refused to allow Gail Hickey and a forensic consultant retained on her behalf to photograph the bicycle that TJ was riding. Yeah, and I, I haven't heard that, but you have to wonder why. Why would that be? If they are true, and you know, this is what they pledge to uphold this law and the truth and protect people. So if that is a fact, then why is it that the grieving mother is unable to actually, you know, come investigate the evidence that should be freely available to her? It's outrageous. It is outrageous. And why is it that, um, you know, I believe it was Tisha Hickey was uh, on her 21st, there were about 15 cop cars that came to her house and arrested her it just that's just one example of the way the Hickey family 
have been um, persecuted. And I was actually in Parramatta when that trial was happening. I think it was around 2011 or around that time. Yeah. And they you should have seen the, the police, Bronwyn. They were lying on the witness yeah. stand. She won the case in the end, but still. Yeah, intimidation is a, you know, a regular tool that's used. Um, and it's, what it's doing is showing the public, you know, the force that's behind this, like the literal force, not talking about the individuals, but it's a warning yeah. that this is a huge force of power that you're up against. And what about in general, I know, you, uh, what land are you from, Bronwyn, to, just to set things in context, if you don't mind saying? Sure. How I know you, I'm sorry? Sorry, I just missed what you said. Oh, what land are you from? Oh, yes, I'm, I'm just coming um, from Darawal country today where I was born and raised here, but my ancestors are actually from South Australia and I um, grew up down here in the beautiful Wollongong and um, studied at university here, uh, particularly Indigenous Studies and Sociology, which, of course, were great areas of interest to me. And, and I've in studying Indigenous Studies, it's very difficult to not study violence and settler colonialism because it's so pertinent. And that's how I ended up sort of very interested in and um, working on the Deathscapes project with um, Uvendrini, um, Torreira and Joseph You there, Bronwyn? Yes. Oh, sorry, I just cut out there. Oh, you were talking oh, about the Deathscapes website? Yeah, so um, I ended up, you know, being invited along to um, contribute to the, the website. And if people want to have a look at it, it's um, deathscapes.org. Um, and what it is is a um, it's compiling um, personal stories of um, the killing of Indigenous people, not only here in Australia, and one of the interesting things is that you can see in the US and Canada as well, and other places, um, Aotearoa even, where the same kind of colonial violence takes place um, with the killing of um, Indigenous and other racialized bodies. And there have been quite a few deaths in custody. There have been at least 500, haven't there, in the last six months or so? Oh, yeah, look, it's pretty devastating. I was, um, you know, writing a chapter for the Deathscapes book, which is just, um, being released. It's called Mapping Deathscapes, Digital Geographies of Racial and Border Violence. And the chapter was about um, the silence within the media about Aboriginal deaths. And as I was writing that chapter, I just... And I was particularly talking about social media, which is an area I'm interested in. And as I was writing the chapter, I had to keep updating it because there was a, another death in custody. And it was just, like, overwhelming the amount of violence taking place and reported on on the streets here in Australia. Like, I don't know how non-Indigenous people particularly are not outraged by the killing of Indigenous people on a regular basis. Absolutely. It's 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 just awful. And I know, Bronwyn, we've had you here quite a few times, particularly, and we had you on International Women's Day. And also you were speaking on the panel um, at the Escapes a couple of years ago talking about that. And what about Ray Jackson? Do you have fond memories of him? Well, he was a person who's well known and well thought of, you know, across communities. You know, he, he really had um, some really unique perspectives on the way in which this um, violence takes place, the institutions of this violence. And he could clearly see um, how it's connected to violence that's perpetrated on other people, non-white people in this country. 
and I think it was back in um, maybe 2010, maybe, he wrote to, no, it would have been a bit after that, he wrote to the then Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, and he outlined how, like, invasion and the treatment of Aboriginal people provided a framework of racism and xenophobia that's actually used now um, in the way in which we treat refugees and those seeking asylum. So he's like a really, you know, forward thinker and really understood the systems of violence and how it's perpetrated in the everyday. It's very true, Bronwyn, and thank you so much for, for mentioning that. And so we do really need to have an inquest, an independent investigation into the death of TJ Hickey, and we need to Absolutely. compel police, don't we, to give evidence? Absolutely. I mean, how they get away with not doing it is also the question that needs to be asked. Like, how is it that they are allowed to not give evidence when we know that when a coroner is, is pursuing an inquiry, that you are actually obliged? Exactly. It's basically a further example of racist settler colonial state violence, isn't it? Oh, that sort of um, definition of it um, and how it continues. And so whilst that, you know, settlers are allowed to... Um, continue their campaign to um, annihilate us and eliminate us from this, these lands, um, their institutions are always going to protect them. Um, and we can definitely see this. Amy Maguire is another one, that fabulous Indigenous journalist who writes about this and also thinking about Alison Whitaker's work. These are you know fabulous scholars and writers and journos who are actually writing about this violence. And that's one of the fabulous things I like about social media is this is where Indigenous people can freely have a voice and bring attention to these atrocities. Social media does have its good points. <laughs> oh, totally. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not naive. I understand the violence. Of no, that. I get That's it. Too, because yeah. it's a settler colonial institution also, isn't it? You know, media um, and online platforms, it, it operates in the same way. I get um, it. But, yeah, we and- can use it. Absolutely, I agree with you. And Bronwyn, just lastly, are, are you able to tell it? I mean, is the book being released to the public as yet or not yet? Yeah, the book is out. It came out in December, which was oh. fabulous. Can you tell um, us the details of that? Yeah, so um, it's edited by Sue, Sue Vendrini Pereira and Joseph Puglazi, and it was um, published and released in um, yeah, December. December 31st, I actually think, by Routledge. And the list of contributors to this book are absolutely fantastic. Um, you have fantastic scholars here, but of course, overseas scholars who talk about um, the violence of the state as well. So, it's well worth the read. Fabulous chapters. Is there an ebook? I'm actually not sure if it came out in an ebook. I have a hard copy, which I'm, you know, very much enjoying reading. So, and um, usually they do come out in an ebook. But definitely lobby libraries to, to have this book in there and have it available for people. Um, yeah, I'll have to talk to you about that off air. Bronwyn, yes. thank you so much for coming on to the, uh, the program. Do you have any final comments? Other than, you know, maintain the rage, that is the best thing we can do, um, continue the fight. We all can do our part by not accepting the violence against Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Don't accept it. Be outraged by it. Thank you so much, Bronwyn. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Marissa. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
And that was Bronwyn Carlson, who's a First Nations woman, and she is from a professor at Macquarie University from the, Indigen- uh, the Department of Indigenous Studies. And pretty soon we'll be having um, Cheryl from Istja, Melbourne, coming onto the show, and I introduced her at the beginning as well. And she'll be giving pretty soon a message of support and solidarity to the, uh, to the Hickey family for TJ. I really am not understanding why people aren't seeing the fact that prisons are an integral part of a public health response to a pandemic. Like you, I'm really concerned about whether the data is being released very honestly about illnesses within prison. I have suspicions it's not, but really we need very strong leadership in this country that actually cares about people inside, our most vulnerable populations inside. That's what we need and that's not what we're getting right now. We need to keep Radical Voices on air. Subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. And this is the Doing Time Show, 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au and please subscribe. It is really important um, to subscribe for another year to keep our show on the air, we've also been hard hit financially by COVID at this radio station. Um, so if you can, um, please subscribe. And next up, we're going to be speaking to the beautiful Cheryl from Melbourne, Istja. And I think I have actually spoken to her. We've had about a total of about 10 phone calls, emails. But we've been having a, a wonderful time <laughs> organising and organising. And that's the way it should be. Hi, Cheryl. This is a special broadcast commemorating TJ Hickey, and I know that you've been committed to the campaign for many years, going to the rally in Sydney in February. And hello. Hello, Marissa. Thank you for um, yeah for your broadcast today. I think it's most important. Good. Have you been listening? Um, sorry? Were you able to listen? Yes, yes, I was. I Beautiful. Was. And, um, yeah, it's still such a, you know, such a strong commitment by... He's just Sydney by Gail, of course, you know, despite, you know, she's got all those grandkids and I know she was in hospital during the week with one of them that was having some health issues. Yeah, your um, role told me that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, poor Gail. So I don't know how much sleep she's had during the week and then to have this topping it off, it's no wonder she was distraught. I really, you know, it's bad enough any year, but... You know, this week, it's been a big week for her. Absolutely, Cheryl. And what is your message of solidarity support to the Hickey family? Well, we've been there since the National Day of Action was called back in 2005 on the first anniversary of TJ's killing in custody. East Melbourne was there from where we were founded then after a call-out by Ray Jackson. He spoke to Alison Thorne. From Isja, and um, we kicked off down here then. <clears throat> and our commitment was strong then, and it hasn't waned. And we'll stand in solidarity with Gail, TJ's mum, and his family and community until there is some sort of justice. Who knows what that will be? But they've had no justice as yet, as you've been pointing out, and as your guests have been pointing out. Absolutely, Cheryl. And and I, I was going to ask you a question about the plaque where the police said that the inscription had to be an accident, but I think we've, I've kind of 
<laughs> really? Did you get the wording, though? Did you actually get the wording? Did Val point out the wording? No. Can we? Can you? Can you talk a little bit more about that, Cheryl, and put yeah. it in perspective for us? Well, what I've got in front of me is that the um, students, it was the Aboriginal students or the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students from the UTS in Sydney had presented this, I think it was around the first anniversary of TJ's death in custody, and it said, this was the wording, TJ Hickey, aged 17, was impaled upon the metal fence above arising from a police pursuit. The young man died as a result of his wounds the next day. Now, police wouldn't have a problem if the five words arising from a police pursuit were removed, apparently. That's what the story goes around. Um, So why would you delete that when that's exactly what happened? He'd be with us today if it wasn't a police pursuit. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, why bother having a memorial plaque at all if it doesn't tell the full story? I mean, you know, yeah, they're still trying to hide the truth and, you know... I mean, you would have heard about a mural that was painted. Scott Marsh painted this mural with permission from the fence owner in, I think it was Redfern, Waterloo area. And within 24 hours, that mural had to come down. That was one of the vehicles involved in the pursuit on fire. Redfern 16 was the car. There were two cars involved in the um, incident, Redfern 16 and Redfern 17 from memory. Redfern 16 was the one with Hollingsworth driving and he was the one that Bronwyn was referring to, I think, as being allowed by the coroner not to um, take the stand or not to give evidence at the coronial inquest. So that that mural had to be removed, quick smart, because police didn't like that either. So they got a problem with truth, obviously. Indeed, indeed. And and I, I understand that you've been, Easter Melbourne, you, you in particular have gone to a lot of these rallies. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, over the years, well, my husband and I both have been up there, but I used to go up sometimes just overnight on a bus and actually I'm trying to think back and I think sometimes I came back on the bus the same night yeah. after the rally was over instead of staying up there. Yeah, you told um, me you did. Yeah, I think I did. (laughs) Which was pretty scary when I think about it now. I I don't know how I did that. But um, they've always been such emotional days, you know. And, I mean, things have changed a bit because, yeah, Uncle Ray's no longer there and nor is Arnie Bowie, the um, aunt that TJ was living with at the time of um, this so-called accident, freak accident, as um, the coroner put it. No freak accident, as we know. But, um, yeah, she's passed on, unfortunately, and sadly. So she'll be strongly missed. She used to, you know, head head to the courts with her um, messages, slogans painted on her back, you know, like, um, don't shoot, you know, on day leave, don't shoot. She'd have written on the back of her tracky top or wow. something like that. You know, and she'd walk into the courts. <laughs> just amazing, you know. Look, she's sadly missed as well. Things have changed, but but it looks like it was a good rally again today, despite, you know, the COVID, you know, impact on people and um, work day and what have you. Ralph sort of alluded to that, I think, when he spoke to you. But it looked like a decent crowd still. And, I mean, I think for Gail, it's good that she can do this each year with you know, with people in the community who care. Oh, yeah. we As I said earlier, there were plans for, for Gail to to speak today with me and she Rahul was, said this on off-air as well, that she was so distraught. She was just she was just weeping. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, you can never, people say get over it, don't they? But you can never, oh. ever, ever forget how something. Like, how? No oh, parent ever expects to, you know, to bury their child. No parent. But not only that, and then to have to face all this that they've gone through. And I think, you know, you, you spoke before about what happened to Letitia Hickey, you know, at their house at the 21st. Letitia, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when 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 they were raided and what have you, you know, look, there was nothing really happening. It was a 21st birthday and they, and then they supposedly responded, the police, to a noise complaint or, a, you know, excessive music or something. It had already been turned down, the music, at midnight on a Friday or Saturday night. There was no complaints, apparently, by anyone in the neighbourhood. They were sitting around having a cup of tea when the, the cops came the first time, but... They, they announced, they were very, you know, straightforward. They just said, oh, there's too many Redfern people here. This is in a, an area well away from Redfern. And they turn up and say that. So it was a construct, construct again. You know, they heard about it because there was a permit. They had to get a permit or they tried to get a permit to hold this um, 21st in a hall. And when the mum went to pay the rest of the um, monies owed, the 21st person's mum went to pay the monies, the ex, extra amount, she was told that the, the, the booking had been cancelled and it was cancelled by, oh, now what was the area called? River, Riverston, I think, yeah. police. They'd actually cancelled her booking for the 21st. So therefore they had to have it at home and it wasn't a huge turn by the sound of it and it certainly wasn't noisy when the cops turned up and that fell apart in the court. As you know, you were there too yeah. when it got to court. You know, it all fell over. It was, you know, exposed for what it was. The Hickeys won their case. But that's only one incident, you know. She's had, Gail's had people hiding in the grass, police hiding in the grass, long grass at the end of the street. They come knocking if she ever left home and left any of the kids in their teens, I think they were by then, at home. They'd have the cops at the door, you know, haranguing them and what have you. And it, it wouldn't be unusual. This is what happens to families when they have the, oh, I don't know, the audacity to try and seek some justice. How hideous is this? And the young young woman, um, Letitia, was was also, you know, harassed by police, as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Herself, yes, yes. And they tried to take. There was footage. I think one of the kids was taking some footage, and there was a chase. You know, must have been on his phone. And they tried to chase him around the house on the morning. I think this was that following morning, because there was footage showing in the daytime. So they'd come back the next day. Oh, there were police helicopters. There was a dog squad. They had all works. And I think you said 15 cars. I think that was bad. Yeah, yeah. People from the next street actually rang the hickeys to say, what's going on in your street? So they hadn't, weren't hearing noise or anything other than the police noise. Look, you know, it's, it said, was what's just, going on? It's, it's a, as I said, it's another example of, of settler, you know, violence. Oh, yes. Because yes. It's, it's actually giving out a strong message, cruel and unusual punishment, because they were yep. seeking justice for TJ Hickey. That's right. And it's warning other families, isn't it? And with the numbers ever increasing, I mean, we're up to 500 deaths in custody now since the Royal Commission. You know, a Royal Commission hands down 339 recommendations. A handful have been fully implemented. And and, and the, the numbers are just increasing, you know, and as you were saying with Bronwyn before. Yeah. You know, it's exponential. You know, there's some months when you've got three and four. Just before Christmas, there was another little run of them, spate. It's just 
and yet no one ever goes back to the root cause. You know, is this? It's a construct of the system's not failing. That's what we're hearing lately. You know, people are starting to realise the system's not failing. It's doing what it's intended to do. You know, it's you know keeping Aboriginal people in their place. That's exactly right, and, and and I think one of the things that I've tr- started off, I started off 2022 with a bang actually on the 31st of January, and I did a, a show on Invasion Day, and one of the things that I was discussing um, with Leanne Carter from Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service is why do we, why do people, Aboriginal people, and all of us always have to be polite? Why do we have to be polite? Mm. Do, mm. do you know what I'm saying? Like, do, is, well, do we have to be polite all the time? That's really interesting. And then I, I heard um, Robbie was interviewing Robbie Thorpe on his program last Wednesday, I think, on 3CR. He he was interviewing John Lawrence. Oh, yes. Um, SC from Darwin, who's been doing a lot of great work up there with the Dondale kids. Oh, beautiful. Yep. Representing them over the years too, you know, and he's been along there having a weekly vigil because that place is still open and, and the numbers are swelling, I think, by the sound of it with... Kids as young as 10 and 11 in there, again. And he was saying, you know, he doesn't believe in the court, that the courts are going to be the answer for any justice. He said it's time for direct action. And this is a barrister, you know, a senior See? barrister. Exactly. You know, coming out with this, you know, that it's time for direct action, that that's what's going to make change. So I think it is time we had a rethink. We're all being too polite. You know, mainstream media will hardly touch the subject. If deaths in custody, you know, no. the, the 24-hour news cycle, you'll be lucky to get a look in there with all the, you know, we're too busy worrying about what our politicians are having for breakfast or, you know, what musical instrument they're playing. <laughs> ScoMo, <laughs> eat your heart Please. out. <laughs> no, no wonder. I mean, you know, like really. <laughs> oh, oh, my dear. God, Cheryl, it's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. So are there any comments you, you want to make in terms of, you know, ongoing work of ISJA? What, what's planned for the future for the campaigns, the TJ? Well, we, we follow our, like in, in regards to, say, cases like TJs, we take our guidance, I suppose. We support anything that... Um, is your Sydney will be doing with the family because, you know, they're working with Gail, you know, in closer, you know, contact with Gail and what we are. Um, she has, you know, she's got confidence in them. She's been dealing with them all the way through sure. for the last 18 years. So Particularly Ray too. Any, yeah, yeah. And anything they'll do now with this um, railway under, interchange or whatever it is, an underground one, where um, it's going to undermine the TJ Hickey Park at the fence line where the memorial would go if it was put up, this memorial park. So that's one way of getting rid of that, isn't it? I mean, it'd be an expensive way. I don't think it's just designed for that. But that's a, um, a side benefit, I suppose, that it will get rid of that park and, you know, these annual meetings or, you know, remembrances. So we'll certainly support that if that come, you know, that comes into a campaign, which it's sounding like it's going to do because um, there should be something preserved. They wouldn't do it, you know, if it was, a, I don't know, an yeah. RSL sitting there or something like that, you know, it'll be valued forever. So um, there's got to be some sort of provision made, I think, for, um, for TJ to be remembered where it happened. You know, it can't be just swept under the carpet. It's, you know, they've done enough damage so far to the hickeys and, well, and to the whole community for that matter. Not just to the hickeys at all. 
Um, yeah, so I don't know where it's going to go. We'll just watch it. The UN, I mean, yeah, I think Raoul spoke to you about that. They came back, they accepted the case, which was a, a big um, thing to do anyway. It, they had to jump through plenty of hoops. I remember Tamar Hopkins, who was at the Flemington Community yes. Centre, the legal centre at the time, and she, you know, it wasn't an easy job, the paperwork they had to put in, but it was finally accepted. Well, when it comes back to Australia, Australia comes up with some, you know, uh, they'll always find excuses, put it that way, and they wormed their way out of any responsibility whatsoever. And yet, and yet, the Royal Commission was a um, federal initiative, the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Death in Custody, three decades ago. So I can't work out why it's not their responsibility to have them all implemented, all those recommendations, as a starting point. You know, it might save one life. If it saves one life, that's one life that's been saved. I mean, you know, if it's the, the recommendations for other Royal Commissions, many of them, not ones that affect First Nations people, those, those recommendations are implemented. So what's so different here, again? Exactly. There's a real lack of commitment, isn't there? There's a, a lack of commitment and... You know, um, one of the other things, just quickly before we finish, is I've been um, doing some interviews with Annie Megan from WA about um, oh, suicide, yes. you know, yes. trying yes. to do suicide prevention for Aboriginal children in particular. Yep. Yeah. And is it any wonder? These kids, you know, the trauma that, you know, that these families have experienced over the years, I mean, even if it only goes, not only, sorry, that, that that's very inappropriate to use no, that No, no, that's all right. But, but, you know, like from child removal, removal from country, you know, all the other bits and pieces, plus then the incarceration, you know, the over-representation yeah. in the courts and the incarceration system. Is it any wonder these kids are traumatised? Often they grow up without seeing one of their parents, for you know, for many years. Even if they're in custody of one of them, the other one's locked up. Exactly. On remand, maybe. On remand. Exactly. Cheryl, thank you so much for coming over the, onto the program. It's it's been lovely to have you. That's okay. Oh, and Isja has a Zoom meeting on every well, it's Zoom for the next one on the third of March. But we have a, a meeting either in person or online on the third. This coming one on the third of March will be a Zoom one. So just watch our Facebook page, Isja Melbourne's Facebook page, for um, the Zoom link for that. And, you know, the more people that we get on board, the more noise we can make. If we're going to do this direct action, well, there's plenty to fight for. Absolutely. Keep uh, up the good work, Cheryl. Okay. Thanks, Marissa. Thanks for your care and your concern about this and for the important work you do. Much Thank you very much. Take Thank care. You. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was um, Cheryl, and she was she was great to, to talk to and... Um, about the campaign work of TJ Hickey adding her voice to the other guests. And God, we only have got we've only got about a couple of minutes left. Um so yeah, thank you to our to our guests for coming into the show. And um we've come to the end of the commemoration broadcast of TJ Hickey. It's approx it's approximately four fifty four. And we're going to be saying goodbye soon and probably not much time for music. Um, we're going to, going to be going out with our theme song pretty soon, Black Fella, White Fella by the Rumpy Band. But in the meantime, um, I'll just put, in, put a quick announcement in.
Yarra City Arts presents The Bandwagon, a new pop-up COVID-safe live entertainment venue at Condell Reserve this Sunday, February 20, from 6 to 8pm. Featuring punk rockers The Switches, who at age 13 will be playing their third public show, indie pop artist Ilka, who writes songs instead of getting therapy, and 16-year-old Cooper Jack, producer of Indie Pop Beats. For all Yarra Staycation events, visit yarracity.vic.gov.au slash rediscover. Yarra City Arts is a 3CR supporter. And it's goodbye from Marissa. Stay tuned every Monday from 4 to 5 for the Doing Time show. Stay strong and safe. Bye.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.